Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Oh, surprise, surprise. We are back with another episode of the Pulpamex wrap-up show this week for episode 397. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. This week we had Daniel Blair in studio, Colin Guest, Jeremy Martin, Jet Lawrence, Christina Denny, Davey Coombs, and of course Will Hahn calls in. That was always, uh, that's a good thing we do that every week. So we got a lot to talk about uh, tonight, and I want to get to the guests right away. Brought to you by WSA, who is providing the best quality wheels in the business. Whether you race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior, W has the wheels for you. W can even restore your old wheels, so visit WUSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you. WUSA brings you the one and only Will Hahn. What's up, Will? No, not a whole lot. Just, uh, just got home from work. Oh, cool, man. So were you out doing some test riding or are you you know managing some riders? We were just, uh, honestly, we're just full swing getting ready for nations right now. So the truck got back. I mean, we got to get the bikes out this week shipped. So Yeah. And then uh, the mechanics have been working their butts off all of them so, uh, to get all this sorted and get us ready to rip. I'll bet. I want to talk about that just a little bit. Let's, But let's get this our other uh, guest on the line uh, introduced. So if you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, Guts Racing is the one for you. Andy Gregg and Guts are providing the best seats in the business for many of the best riders and the best teams on the planet. So visit GutsRacing.com today. And Guts Racing brings us from Twitter, at Forkner's Temper. What's up, Forkner's Temper? Hey, how are you doing, guys? Doing good, man. It's really cool to have you on. And uh, you wanted to stay anonymous with your Twitter handle, so we're going to just, like I said, we're going to call you Forkner's Temper. And, of course, my producer is in studio today, Mr. T.J. Smith. What's up, T.J.? Can I get, like, a cool handle where no, I stay you can't. anonymous? Just shut up. Be quiet. That's, okay. that's your job. Be quiet. <laughs> All right. Episode 397, guys. Daniel Blair is always fantastic in studio. A lot of good stuff went down. Um, just right off the bat, I want to talk about Dylan. You guys have been listening to Dylan the last couple of weeks. He calls in, and, and Steve squashed it. No Dylan for a couple of weeks. Uh, Forkner's temper, man. What do you think about Steve could put putting the kibosh on a caller uh i think for the safety of the caller it was probably a good decision to uh, you know uh give dylan a week break on the fan base wise uh he wasn't getting the most uh most love mail i guess you call it on the twitter and everything so probably giving the fan base a break from him was probably a good idea well like i said when i called in and will was on he took some of the heat off me uh will you think uh steve's just being a, an ass not let him come on, or do you think it's probably a good thing? Uh, for him, it's probably for Dylan. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm sure he's been getting plenty of tweets and stuff like that that are not that positive. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. Looking at it, I mean, like he he not saying he doesn't ever make a good point, but for the most point, it's a it's a big circle around back to green. <laughs> yeah, so. you know, and like I said, I get I've been getting a lot of uh, hate over the last few months and it's it's not always enjoyable but um yeah dylan has reached out to me and wants to come on the wrap-up show so i've got to figure that out and see how steve feels about that but you know dylan is um he's a passionate fan man and i think we're all passionate fans you know look at look how steve acts about bradshaw right or fairy i mean he's all in you cannot he, he says nothing negative about those guys uh i mean i i feel like steve is um is the dylan of tim ferry and damon bradshaw fortner's temp uh, that's a little extreme. I, I don't know, okay. man. Dylan was trying to say Tomac was better in stew and stuff, and then <laughs> he beats their own, but come on, we're talking stew but, but Steve always says, hey, we, we beat McGrath at Summercross, but he really did. They really didn't beat McGrath. McGrath crashed. I mean, he did beat McGrath, but uh, McGrath crashed. Yeah. So, I, I get where you're going there. Am I over-exaggerating it, Will? Um, no. <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, it's pretty, um... <laughs> it's pretty apparent that uh, he would pretty much do anything for Eli. Yeah, that's true. He, he's a big fan, but I, like I said, we're, we're a sport of passionate fans. Um, you got something, TJ? Yeah, I just want to say that he is, I mean, you got to think back to back in the day when Sinjin would call in and oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff. 
we need callers like that, even though I'm not a super fan of Dylan, obviously, but that stuff, <laughs> like people are saying, it causes controversy, which causes people to pay attention. I think so. I like. I think Steve knows, and he's done this with me in the wrap-up show. Steve knows how to create hype and drama, um, and you know, and maybe sometimes he says things he doesn't even fully believe. Will just to uh, to get some talk going and, and banning Dylan for a couple weeks, kind of build some uh, interest. Like maybe we're, we're, I'm waiting to see what Dylan's going to say in two weeks. I'm sure he's excited to let it out. <laughs> you think yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to have it built up and take notes probably. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Forkner's temper, how long have you been listening to Pulp MX and what, what brought you into the Pulp world? How'd that start? Uh, so I've been listening to about two and a half, three years now. And honestly, what brought me in is I just wanted to, I didn't need, need more to listen to when I'm on my road rides and training and stuff, uh, other than just music. So I kind of dug around for some motocross radio and Pulp was at the top of the chart. So, uh, I started there and I really like what I hear. I like the interviews and he's a funny dude, so... Yeah, I, I agree. And Will, how long do you remember the first time you met Steve and what your thoughts were? Uh, I met him. Uh, Will, sorry. Go ahead, Will. Uh, no, I think I think um, honestly, I think we actually got into it at one point. Like, I think anybody gets it's racing. I mean, you got a you got a sensitive ego, you know. So when you hear stuff that's wrote about you, that's probably true that that you don't want to hear. You're going to get defensive, um, which I'm sure I did at one point or another. Uh, I mean, most likely it was a fact, but doesn't change the fact it doesn't hurt to hear. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember the first time we actually met, but I remember actually getting cool, you know, a lot cooler with him when we went to Europe, went to Bercy, and he's like around a lot helping us out. You know, there's only so many Americans there, so yeah. you can kind of all hang out together and go eat and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, no, I, I started listening more and more, like similar to. Um, to to you guys, I mean, like with training and stuff. I was I was training for a half marathon and stuff. But, I just kind of got bored of music, and I started listening to classic commentaries and stuff like that with, you know, like Bradshaw, you know, Lunas, and all these old mechanics and, and stuff like that. And like Larry Brooks, I started to really enjoy, the, you know, hearing hearing stuff that, you know, maybe I knew but had forgotten about. Yeah, and you're in a, a unique position where I can ask you a question about something you sort of just talked about. So Steve's had riders that, like Barsha or Jason Anderson, um, Hanny back in the day, where he said things that he feels are – facts he's reporting in his opinion the, the way a professional reporter should do and then as a writer you may not like hearing that but you guys kind of come around at some point do you look back and say huh maybe he was right at that moment or you know do you think the way he handles things will is appropriate to be a professional journalist uh no i i think i think most of it's actual facts you know and that's what people want to read, and you know, like I said, sometimes it it doesn't make it any easier to hear yeah. the truth, even if it is the truth. You know, regardless, um, you know whether it, it hurts or not. You know, yeah, I, I look back on on plenty of things that I look at and been like, man, I got sensitive over that, but it was <laughs> you know, it was a fact. <laughs> right, and and uh, Forkner's temp. Um, you as a listener, you know this stuff goes on. You've seen, like I said, um, Barsha come back. You've seen. Hanny come back. Maybe we'll see Jason Anderson one day. And I know Blair's working on Ricky Carmichael. But um, are do you like that Steve sticks to his guns and does it professionally and doesn't you know just kind of gargle gargle? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, Steve's uh, whole pulp feel unique is he's not he's not afraid to ask the tough questions. He's yeah. not afraid to stand his ground, and he's not just a you know kiss ass. Like anybody can sit there and tell a writer how great they are. It's the guys that really ask the sensitive questions and ask them uh, when things aren't so good uh, that kind of bring the good juicy uh, info you know yeah and tj you're sitting here you do this the moto x pod show with me um it's not always easy saying negative things about riders that you feel like at some point could say oh you know what you're not allowed in the pits anymore it's we easy don't have i say same, it's easier for us because you know, we're we'll see we don't have week. the same stroke steve does but what do you like about how steve handles the riders when he you know when they're riding bad well i mean i'm sure you'll get to this but we're talking about giving information away and we talked about it last week and mm -hmm. how he probably knows more than what he's saying um i think he handles it well and i think everybody who's a fan of pulp does i don't think that you could not think that and be a fan of pulp so right right all right let's uh well let's get into this so they obviously you know ace adam cincerlo wins the championship he's moving up to 450 so there's discussion of that throughout the night 
Steve doesn't think AC is going to win right away. And of course, Daniel Blair being um, the exaggerator he can be, he feels like AC is going to be dunchy like. And I think at one point he said he's going to win three main events. Um, who do you think is closer to being correct? Will you're you're in the industry? You know how this stuff goes more than anybody probably on this in this show right now. Well, I mean, I hope the best for him. I just know sure. from experience that transition is is something that's it's very difficult. You know, even more so than you think. Um, and you always know it going in, and it's going to be hard. But it's always, I think, a little bit harder. Um, and everybody can do. It. I mean, he's got the size that's going to benefit him for a four fifty for sure. I think he's going to like right now a Supercross track probably to um, versus a 250 uh, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is he going to be good? Of course he's going to be good. He's Adam Cincerello. You know, he's he's a great rider. He's a champion now. Um, he's he's going to do good things, and he's going to do big things. But I, I don't know about winning right away. Um, I mean, I think I see like a Savachi-type season, like good mm-hmm. top fives, some podiums, win some heat races. I, I do see that, yeah. Well, now you, as being a manager of a team uh, like Star Yamaha, and I have some questions about that in a little bit, but you deal with different personalities. So I've heard some different guys talk about AC's, you know, he's he's got a lot of hype. So he's going to go into this team and people are going to expect him to be one of the top guys. And then his teammate, Eli Tomac, who seems to sometimes not, his personality is just a little different. Um, do you think those guys will be able to get along under the same tent and perform well, or do you think it will create um, any negative drama or just create those guys to want to do better? Uh, no, I don't think it'll be anything negative. Eli's pretty pretty awesome to get along with as a teammate, too. You know, uh, he stays to himself, and he's right. you know, pretty reserved in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, we were teammates for, I think, five seasons total from Cowie and Geico. And, uh, you know, obviously – I wasn't really that competitive to him at Cali, but, you know, at Geico, there was times where maybe I could have been in, um, you know, there's no, he's not going to be that kind of guy. I think that Eli is, is doing a job no matter what. And I think Adam is going to just fit in just, just fine. Yeah, I, I actually do too. Uh, Forkner's temp. So, uh, AC is your, uh, in a roundabout way, he's your teammate. So, uh, <laughs> what is, what is Adam, uh, does, is Steve right? Does Adam struggle maybe a little bit and not find any wins the first year? Or is Daniel Blair, do you think, more on point? Ah, man, it, it's it's a tough call. I mean, AC is so good, especially that last year in Supercross. He's such a technical rider. And like uh, like Will was saying, he's a big guy. So, I mean, he can hop on that bike and fit right in. But I just can't help but just think about uh, Plessinger. And he's a big dude, too. And, I mean, not that yeah. he had a bad season on his 450, but he, he wasn't winning. And, um it's hard to compare the two riders, but uh, I do see AC actually being able to come out and definitely get in the podium. Um, I see him doing well at Monster Energy Cup, too, just those short races. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, it's so hard to tell right now, though, with with uh, this what he's done in the past. I mean, he came out his rookie season on his uh, 250 and came out like a ball of fire, so that could happen on a 450. You just never know. Right, yeah. I, I, I think one win, maybe, is what I'm kind of going with. TJ, any thoughts okay, on yeah. AC and, and Steve's opinion? Um, how do you say this? He came out of the amateur ranks. Everybody thought he was going to destroy the world. Which he should have if he hadn't hurt his knee. Uh, but he got better and then yeah. still didn't destroy the world. So, True. I mean, he's stepping into a class. How many people have we seen that were, we were expecting a whole bunch out of? I, I think conservatively, you got to say he's going to come in, probably have a decent season, but I can't imagine him coming in. Like, and dominating, yeah. Daniel just, thought, yeah, yeah. Well, Daniel, Daniel makes a lot of you know. Daniel every year says Eli's going to go undefeated, and then about halfway through, he's like, you know, all right, I'm I, I'm wrong, but that's Daniel Blair. Um, okay, so Will, I want to touch on this a little bit. Uh, I think Steve touched on it just a little bit uh, during the post race interviews. Dylan had some comments about you know uh, his other teammates and how they handle the on track stuff during some races. Um, I think he's wrong about the other guys letting AC go easier, go by easier than they would let Dylan go by. Um, but I do kind of see where he might be a little frustrated with Justin's aggressiveness. Um, how do you handle something like that? I mean, you want all any of you want all your guys to win. You don't want them to back off and, you know, just let somebody else win. Yeah. You know, they, they need to have that fight, but that's, that's kind of a, I would think in your position, that's a weird uh, teeter totter balancing act to figure out how to handle that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's something you look at. I, I can see where Dylan's coming from because he wanted to win more than anything this championship, and he was the only one mathematically, you know, that was in the hunt coming into that last race. So a lot of, you know, anticipation and stuff on that. But also, I think um, the other side of that is, too, I, I don't think Justin let up because AC was there or anything like that. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that that's that's a fact or anything like that. But yeah, I just think I think everything's good under the team right now. You know, I think um, obviously they're just uh, there's frustrations when you when you do that and you, and you come up short. You know, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't believe that Justin let up or anything like that on purpose. But I could also see where he's coming from. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fortner's temp. So I want to get this was a hot topic throughout the night. Pookie weighed in. AC wins the championship. He's eligible for a single-digit number, 9 or 92. Um, Steve says 92. Blair says 92. Davey Coombs says 92. Pookie says 9. 9 for life now is what she's already she's claiming. Uh, what do you think, Fortner's Temp? You go single-digit or you stick with uh, 92? JT said 9. JT did say 9. Uh, that's, JT did say 9, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. Man. I've been thinking about that one actually a lot today. I knew it was going to come up. Uh it's just the whole single digit is just a difficult thing to have, and there's a lot of like prestige and everything around the fact of having a single digit number. But at the same time, I mean, 92 is, I mean, that's AC's brand. You know, that's like his name. He's always been that, uh, with the exception of when he was triple digit. But you know, I look at guys like Chad Reed, uh, Kevin Lindham, um, Rock, it's, and it's just that's their number. And it's almost just as good to me as if they were to go single digit. So for me, my vote is to stay 92, but he seemed like uh, he was almost leaning towards nine personally when I was uh, listening to him. I felt the same way, and I, I'm struggling with the decision, so I can't even imagine how he's dealing with it. Will, you, you've been in that position. You know, you've won championships. You, you, you're you at a level like AC is. Um, I mean, is a single-digit number you, something you just cannot pass up, or you stick with, uh, you know, your history? I mean, I know everyone knows him as 92, but everyone knows him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not a name you have to get out there. No one's not going to buy a T-shirt because it has nine on it versus Very 92. true. They, they, go there, they go there for Adam Cincerello. And if I was in his position, I would be picking pick single digit. I think that's just because, you know, how often does do someone, you know, how often do they really get to pick that? It's pretty rare, you know? And, and when you have that, it solidifies yourself in the sport until you retire. And then also... As far as race teams go, to hire, I look at it like I don't know if it would really matter at the end of the day, but I feel like when you're hiring a single-digit number, it's it's a good look on the team, too. Yeah, I, I can see that. You're looking at it from a business side, a professional side, and that makes sense. TJ, you got something? Uh, well, I want to say that since this is the show about the show, I think I'm a little <laughs> upset at Mathis because he talks about all the time about how the 250 guys shouldn't get points for this and points for that. I'm under the impression that I don't believe a 250 championship should earn you a single digit. I think you should have to win a 450 championship. Is that your BTO hot take early? I guess it is because <laughs> I like I I'm sitting back going like I don't I think it's because he's friends with AC. with AC that yeah. he's going to say that. But he constantly complains about 250 guys getting points, and then he goes back and says, "Ah, oh, pick a single digit. They get to pick single digits. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous." Uh, sorry, Will, but you know. No, that's fine. I think I think I think the main reason he's saying that is to go to your point. I mean, like I said, like I said on the show, like when I rode two fifty supercross and they counted as points, I was stoked. You know, had I had I been going for a permit number on a four fifty, I'd be probably pretty upset. Um, right. But at the same time, I do believe it, it should count outdoors because you do the same amount of rounds. It's the same struggle. It's the same everything. You know, the playing field's pretty even at that point. I know points and, points. Yeah, Points for your permanent number, fine, I guess you'd say. But I'm talking about a 250 championship. You know, I just don't see how it takes the same weight of a 450 guy winning a Supercross championship to get a single digit. No I one just, cares about your opinion, TJ. That's, that's true. That's why I'm going to sit back in the corner and be quiet. <laughs> hey, before we move on, let us uh, let me read the do the sponsor reads since I didn't do it at the beginning of the show because I was so excited to get this thing started. I want to thank all the sponsors of Pulpamex, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, 
LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. As I've said many times, go to PulpMXShow.com. You can get discount codes, links to all these companies that help out the Pulp Show, that make the wrap-up show available to happen, to support the sponsors that support the show. Um, Davey Coombs was the first call-in guest of the night. Davey is full of knowledge. Uh, he loves the sport of motocross. He's trying to, you know, he wants, I, I believe he wants the Nationals to be the best they can be. A big topic that came up, and, and Daniel Blair and I had talked about this actually earlier in the day, was doing track changes. Um, sometimes the tracks can be a little, you know, after you've watched them a few years, that, that you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's the same track all the time. Uh, Indiana, obvious this year, was they made a few changes. Will, what do you think about him saying that it's, you know, it's it's hard to make changes because the tracks own the track. They're the track owners. They have the right to do whatever they want. Uh, it costs a lot of money. Um, would you like to see track changes done, say, every three years? You know, there has to be a change, or do you think it's okay the way it is? I don't really mind it the way it is. You know, I think that they all, the evolution of it all changes certain things to an extent. You know, like jumps are a little bit bigger than they used to be. Yep. That's going to happen regardless of, of what changes they make on the track. Um, it's cool when they change a section, and, and sometimes it's not. You know, there were some changes at Bud that I loved, and there were some changes at Bud that I thought were terrible. Um, but I think for the most part, yeah, I think it's good to see some change because you do go there, and you know, every year, and it's kind of the same thing. But at the same time, you do it once a year. True. You know, it's not like you're punching that track every week, and you don't know it like the back of your hand. So for the most part, um, I don't see I don't see really bad bad thing either way. Right. And Fortner's temp, Steve made a comment that I thought was, you know, telling with him being such a fan of the history of the sport is he like he thinks it's awesome seeing the new guys go down the same obstacles that Bob Han and Roger DeCoster did. That's not a that's a that's a valid point. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I agree. And uh where that would come from for me is how I think of supercross and motocross uh separated is supercross is new, flashy, like new tracks every year, obviously, and it's it's just kind of the new newness, right? And then, yeah. Outdoors, for me, has a lot to do with just history and tradition, right? Like, if there's not a lot that's changing outdoors, and when it comes to tracks, like, uh, like uh, I'm from the Pacific Coast West, so originally, Washougal had taken out a couple sections, and it didn't get approved, so they ended up still running, like, the road jump and things at Washougal, but when they had originally taken them out, I was thinking, wow, like, how many years have we been watching the Nationals and seen the road jump? And so... Seeing guys today do certain obstacles that guys in the past are doing, you're just kind of comparing the differences in styles from today versus back in the day. I think it's amazing. And But I also see what Daniel's saying is because, you know, it is also exciting to see something new in the sport elevates, and I feel like tracks elevate as the bikes get faster. Mm-hmm. So so it's kind of I – feel, I feel like the the historical stuff, the major things should stay the same, but there's always room for a little a little tweaks here and there that make things exciting. Yeah, um, and, and Will, just I'm changing the subject real quick, but where did the uh, where did the middle finger, the flip off game between you and Steve start from, and, and um, who started it? <clears throat> I honestly don't remember this point. I think he might. I think he might have started it um, on track walk at some point. And uh, I can't remember what happened, but it ended up just turning into this, like, I none of us even talked about it, I don't think. I think we just ended up, just all of a sudden, it was like a game. Yeah. And it, was, it was game on, track walk, you spot, you spot him, run over, get him as fast as you can, try and stay hidden. And then it just turned into this every weekend deal where it's like, now we're trying to keep somewhat tally. Yeah, yeah. It got to the point where it didn't matter because I just, you know, I have to do it. You just dominated him? Um, yeah, the second half of the season, I really, I really came into form. Did you ever get him on FaceTime or whatever when you called in? You know, I had texted you about it, and then did you ever get him that way? Yes, and it was gold. I couldn't believe he picked up. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's good stuff. So I, I really love the fact that you call in every week. I was pretty disappointed on the Bradshaw show. I think it was. Was it the Bradshaw show when you didn't call in? Yeah, yeah, I was bummed on that. It didn't work out. I mean, but that show was so good anyway, though. Yes. So I didn't need to. I didn't need to bring anything down on that. It's tough, tough to follow him. That's true, but I, I've really come to look forward to when is Will going to call in. So I was, I was pretty pleased with this show, episode three ninety seven. I called in. Um, I hadn't been listening for a few minutes, and I called in, and you were on the line. I was like, hell yeah! So that was good. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, all right, cool. so a disappointing moment for me with episode 397 was the Christina Denny uh, interview. 
I have come to really, really like Christina Denny and Chris. Um, that team has made me feel extremely welcome when I come to the to the races. And Christina announced that she will not be back next year. And I believe her and Chris are they're gonna you know they're gonna work, move on and try to grow their business with Roost MX even more than they have. And uh, they're stepping away. Um, you know Christina, I'm sure very well. Will um, uh, that team, although they are technically competition for you having teams like that is very very important in our sport what do you what do you think about christina walking away and not really knowing if cycle trader rock river is going to come back yeah no it's it's a shame Any, anytime you see competitor not any team that could possibly not come back is, is never good you yeah. know i don't want to see that kind of stuff and that's either two less spots or three less spots for next year for someone possibly and i mean look what they've done for the sport they've also brought up guys that maybe didn't get a ride right away from someone else. And now they're on factory equipment. So, I mean, they're exactly what our sport needs and they're great people and they do a really good job. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, you could easily say, well, that's one less competitor competing team. But in our sport, like you say, every, we need more spots. We need more teams like that. We need more MCRs to give these guys somewhere to go ride and earn a living. And it, cause the, the privateer life is, difficult um Forkner's temp what do you think about christina denny um you know and, and the, the fact that that's a major team that may like i said may not come back we don't know that yet but well, it's it's possible yeah this this, this hurt in general even just kind of it's heartbreaking you know um i could tell it wasn't the thing that she definitely wanted to do she was uh talking about coming back and still watching some of the races and stuff so her heart's definitely in the sport and we just we just need more people like that in our sport helping out the privateers you know uh look at alex martin uh without them there maybe Alex wouldn't be in the spot he's at right now right so um if the whole team went under man that'd be a I feel like that'd be a big dent to our uh, sport especially the privateer side of it yeah for sure um it, hopefully hopefully the team will come back they'll they'll find you know somebody to, to manage it and uh you know it's it's a big deal to me um then turn around from the sad moment of the show for me Jeremy Martin oh my god how can you not be excited about Jeremy's return um you know, right off the bat, he said he's already faster than Big Al. So I was laughing out loud. Um, <laughs> Fortner's temper. I mean, having Jeremy come back, ha- hearing him on the Pulpomex show again with that much positivity and excitement and the, the, obviously a renewed uh, passion to, for the sport. I mean, that was a fantastic interview. Yeah, it really, it really was. And it was great to see that he's still into it, you know, um, with all those things going on. Sometimes you see guys like that retire. Um, but obviously his heart's still in the sport and it's good to hear that he's riding again and he thinks he's going to be coming right back after Big Al and the <laughs> fact that he's going to be racing 2020 Supercross is absolutely amazing to me. I mean, the fight that that guy has to come back uh, in time for that is going to be awesome. Yeah, and Will, again, this is a, a competitor for your team. Um, I'm sure he's somebody that you're friends with, so you're probably like, yeah, I'm glad this guy's coming back, but I don't want him beating my guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still want to beat him. But, uh, yeah. no, I mean, anytime someone can come back from a major injury like that and be that much time out of the sport and, uh, you know, we, we need we need him. You know, he's a competitor. He's a champion. And so we need we need those names back in the sport and back up there battling. And, you know, uh, like I said, it's just it's a cool story, you know, yeah. if he can come back and, and come back and win or, you know, do, do well. Um, it's always a cool story to see that. Yeah, and I'm sure you can relate to, you know, him – He's been out of the, you know, out for a year. Um, he went and got a part-time job, basically, or a full-time job. I'm not sure. He was working at a, a dealership um, and realized, like, hey, I don't want to do this for a living. This is not for me. Um, you know, did you have any moments like that when in, in between you decided to retire? Um, or did you – I can't remember if you, you – did you know you were going to go work for Star right away? Or did you have some time where you weren't sure what you were going to do? No, I actually I had taken a role at Geico straight away. That's um, right. And I, I I knew that was going to happen probably the last um, shoot before I went to Australia. Anyway, I yeah, knew that yeah. I was going to come home to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, luckily, you know how I was brought up or whatever on the farm. We kind of knew what work was outside of it, you know. <laughs> and that was I was always kind of like we could ride after we were done working. So, yeah. kind of had an idea of what the afterlife was going to be. <laughs> so. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's something that, 
you know, I'm glad that he his brain is still telling him to go because mine eventually just said, you know, no, um, I'm kind of done with that stuff. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's always it's it's always hard to come back from that. Like I think I think it's overlooked. Like that was the biggest thing while I was done was like, man, you know, another six weeks, another six weeks, and it's like you lose a little bit of those those guys that are racing in the weekend. You lose a little bit on them no matter what, how much training you can do off the bike. You know, it's always, you're always playing catch up. And I just got to the point where I felt like to be where I wanted to be, and that was a top five, 450 guy, um, I was just that step behind the whole way. Like, no matter how much I kept digging and digging and trying, I just couldn't get back to that form. Yeah, and I would have to imagine that that's just like a very difficult thing mentally every week to deal with, you know, like what do I have to do? And, you know, I want to jump ahead for just a second. When JT was on, they were talking about Marvin, you know, will Marvin ever win a championship? And I would imagine that's something that's going through his head too. Like what the hell do I have to do? You know, what, what's the missing piece? No, and that's a, that's a great question. And it's, you know, Marvin does everything right. I mean, look where he's trained. Look where, you know, he's on a uh, proven bike that's been winning four of these championships. Um, you know, and that's something that I don't know that there is any exact thing that you can pinpoint right. it to. Um, it's not lack of effort. It's not lack of training. It's not like he's getting tired. You know, it's it'd be a lot easier, I, I feel like, to take if you knew. Yeah, that's <laughs> You true. were like, okay, i got to fix this. You yeah, know, right. i got to get better here. Right. So, yeah, it's it's always one of those question marks. Sure. Um, and JT, back to uh, J-Mart. How much would you like to hear the conversation between Jeremy and Alex about the Filthy Phil stories? Oh, they got to be killing it. Like, literally, it's probably a conversation where everybody even listening is rolling in the floor. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I would love to have that recording. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to Pulp MX episode 397 yet, you got to go. There's just some fantastic interviews, as always. Um, Steve asked Daniel, realistically, do you think J-Mark can win? Because Steve does. So I want to ask everybody real quick. Um, Austin, or, <laughs> I was going to call you Austin. Fortner's temper. <laughs> um, do you think J- Jeremy Martin can win a 250, or, uh, yeah, 250 Supercross in 2020? Ooh. That's tough because there's some heavy hitters this year. Yes, there um, is. It, 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 man, not to hate on the guy, but I just can't see it happening. I mean, the coats are going to be stacked to your side. And, and I mean, coming off an injury like that, being out of the game for so long and the speed, uh, I mean, I hope the guy does, but I just don't see it happening. Okay. TJ, yes or no? Uh, just a single Supercross? That wasn't, yes, yes, yes. One race, one overall. Or, or, it's not outdoors. Yeah, I got Yes, you. one main event. No. Okay. Will. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to bet against a champion at any time. Sure. Um, to say he can't do it, you know, because he's proven a lot of people wrong on all aspects of his career so far. So to say he can't, I have a tough time saying that. Is it going to be hard? Yes. Maybe a triple crown, you know, a triple crown with a little bit shorter. Um, yeah, I'm going to give him a triple crown. Overall, add a triple crown. That's that's my that's my BTO hot take. I'm doing mine early, too. I just thought of it. Um, all right, JT Money comes on, of course, a little bit later, as he always does. Made a, uh, he had his own hot take. Um, well, actually, Daniel Blair did, and then uh, JT commented on it. But D- Daniel Blair says that this may be the beginning of the end for Blake Baggett. Not that he's just going to completely fall apart, but... I, I see you moving over there, JT. I know you're a Baggett TJ. fan, but hang tight. T, what, hang tight. Um, he feels like Baggett is probably has peaked out at this point, and JT totally disagrees. Since you're a, a Blake Baggett fan, TJ, go ahead. Now, I hate everybody who commented on that saying that he's done. He's going to come back and win everything next year. Um, no, I'm idiot. not. I know. Um, um, it's 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 a hard class to come back. He's I know he's dealing with a lot of il- uh, illnesses or, yep. or sickness and and infections in his eye and stuff like that. But he, um, man, what do, what do you say? I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm a big Baggett fan. He's awesome, but I, I'm not going to say at the end. But I think he's going to hit a plateau and kind of. I hate saying okay. that. God, I feel like a terrible person. Will, Will Hahn, um, what do you think about Daniel's comments? I mean, do you think that's, you know, he's he's fairly accurate, or do you think Blake may find his groove still and step up a little bit? I mean, to say he's done any any one uh, high point this year, I, I think that's too early to say that. Like, 
Blake's always seemed to be prove everybody wrong right when you think that everything's you know not going well and can't get any worse and he'll come out and win a national like that a yeah. guy that just won a national in our, in our current series and current year yeah I, I don't think he's done and a supercross at glendale um yeah so i mean he's won he's won both championships this year a race and right yeah i just i don't i don't think he's done though yeah so once again though fortner's temp daniel blair he he comes with some fire and he doesn't necessarily care um sometimes whether it's plausible or not he just he likes to throw the heat and uh that that's you know that's this was one of those kind of comments um are you on board with daniel at all fortner's temp uh i can see where he's coming from just because he had an off off outdoor but i mean every every year blake does something that surprises everybody i feel like i feel like nobody's really looking at him and like last year's supercross everybody thinks he's an outdoors guy and i thought he did great supercross last year yeah, this was but, probably his best Supercross year. I mean, without question. I mean, he won a race. Yeah, for sure. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Daniel is just trying to piss JT off because it sure works. Because <laughs> JT was getting very defensive about it. Yeah, he was. There was supposed to be a bet that never uh, came to fruition as of yet. Anyway, as far as I know, I'll have to ask Daniel about that. Um, they also talked about the new lineup for Red Bull KTM. Will this is um, a lineup that on paper? It's kind of iffy, man. It's I mean, it's a lot of young guys, you know, a lot of guys with very with almost no Supercross experience other than Hartraft. Um, again, as a team manager for Star Yamaha, do you like this lineup for Red Bull KTM? Oh, for Troy Lee? Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. I mean, I probably shouldn't comment on it too much. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because I think I've already made them mad enough. Okay. Uh, no, I think I mean they'll be fine. I mean they got some good amateurs coming up. Obviously, Pierce Brown's going to be good. Brandon's got good experience and going on to a factory bike now. I think he's going to get better and better every weekend. Uh, they got a good crew over there, so yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's something that they need to be completely like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? You know. Okay. I think I think every so often teams have those rebuilding years. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's going to be times where you don't have the lineup, and sure. it's, you know you try to you try to plan ahead as best as you can, and that's that's our jobs. But it doesn't always work out that way either. Yeah, we see that in sports like the NFL. You know, my Forty Niners have been in a rebuilding year for about fifteen years now. Um, someday they'll figure it out. <laughs> so, TJ, did you? Have I'll a just comment? yeah, I'll just uh, condense Will Hans' answer down to oh, that's one team I don't have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's that's what I was hoping for, but he can't answer that way. So, um, okay, Fortner's temp. We're gonna move on just a little bit. Jay, they they uh, they're discussing all the two fifty guys and the four fifty guys. Kind of a one word or quick answer is what Steve wanted. Um, so JT says for Shane McElrath, two thousand twenty regional Supercross champ, and Daniel Blair says the same thing for Colt Nichols. Um, what do you think about those two guys and their championship? possibilities uh i think they're both good i think it's a little aggressive on the colt nichols part i mean he's a fast racer don't get me wrong um but it feels like he's always he's always number two behind people and that might bring out some fire and they want to be number one but shane mcgrath i'm on the on the star racing bike i think shane will be very good yeah so it'll it'll be different because i mean he's been red bull ktm forever right so it'll be it'll be cool to see him on another bike but I, I think it also depends on who lines up on each coast. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, it, that's and, and Will wouldn't tell us or doesn't know yet. But um, I, I gotta imagine you love the Colt Nichols prediction, Will. I, I like both of them a lot. I think I think that'd be awesome either way. If we got two, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, so but, no, I think I think Colt showed this year that he's capable. I mean, he had the red plate for a couple rounds there, and maybe yeah. it was a little bit much. Um, but I don't think anybody expected him to come out and win Anaheim one either, and he proved a lot of people wrong doing that. Granted, um, it was mud, but he was still strong all season. Uh, and Shane's a proven multi-time winner, and I think that uh, I think we're going to do really good things together. Yep. And uh, I think he's going to have a really successful time with his team and uh, try to make it as doable as we can. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they're both they're both possible to go do it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was sitting here just thinking about uh, your team is going to be very, very difficult to beat. I mean, it, it almost sounds like a pro circuit team from you know the the '90s or whatever. It's just like, how do you beat this team? Uh, you know, because Dylan, I fully expect Dylan to come back out and 
honestly, I think he's going to win the championship again. You know, if he's on the same coast as Forkner, it may be a little more difficult in my opinion, but I, I just think Dylan is, uh, I think he matured a lot this year and I, I really like that guy. And I, you know, I think, I think he's, he's going to win another one. That's what I believe anyway. Um, Okay, let's move on. So Jet Lawrence is our next call-in guest. Um, you know, a young kid came over battling with his brother Hunter. Talks about the miscommunication with his uh, mechanic. I found that pretty entertaining. Forkner's temp. You ever uh, you ever have a miscommunication with your your mechanic? I can't say I've ever miscommunicated to plot the track with a mechanic. No, that was pretty <laughs> amusing. Yeah, Will. Uh, how frustrating would that have been if that was your rider? Uh, I'd be pretty upset. Yeah. Yeah, I would be pretty bummed out that we didn't either have that figured out or or whatever. I mean, normally you would probably talk about that before the race type of thing. But also, I don't, I don't think we should be put in that position. If you're letting them try out a couple rounds, like just limit it, you know, to X amount of races or whatever. But at the same time, he's still got good experience, and that was the end goal. Yeah, I like your positive spin on things. And I'm, I'm trying to picture what it would be like to have Will Hahn pissed off as a team manager. And I can't really, I can't see it. I can't figure it out. So I'm sure you get there once in a while, but you're you're too nice and a friendly of a guy. I, just, I think that'd be a, be a far a stretch. Yeah, it's pretty hard to get me to that point. So I think if you do, it's it's not good. Right, right. All right. So all three of you guys on the show, um, Jet Lawrence says he loves Chick Fil A. Steve bashes Chick Fil A way too often. Um, let's go with you, Fortner's Temp. Chick Fil A, yes or no? I've only had it once, so I'm gonna say yes because it was good. All right, Will, you're from you're from Texas. We're we're big Chick Fil A lovers in Texas. Well, you you're, you lived in Texas. You're big Chick Fil A lovers here. Yeah, yeah, I love Chick Fil A. JT, TJ, yeah. I don't know why I keep calling you JT. I don't know, but uh, no, it's too expensive. Oh, God, you're an idiot. Oh yeah, for those that don't know, my producer is every bit as cheap, if not cheaper, than Weege. So it's too, it's too expensive. I would just go get a chicken sandwich off the dollar menu somewhere at like. McDonald's or something. You're an idiot. That's all. Yeah, everybody's gonna know how much of an idiot you are now. <laughs> um, Jet made a joke about his brother Hunter buckling under pressure. Um, again, the brotherly love. Will um, you're familiar with that? I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's something that's not gonna end their whole career. You know, even Tom and I. So this day, we don't even race right anymore. It'll still be stuff that we're still battling about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, so you mentioned a minute ago your guys working tonight and uh, you know you're getting everybody getting ready for MX Nations. We had Justin Cooper on. Um, I don't remember if it was second or third week of the Nationals, and I asked him about that. I said, you know, if you were if you made the team, is that something you would want to do? And he said, man, that is one of my goals to be leading the points so that I do get asked to go. Um, which I found refreshing because we've been hearing all the negativity of these guys that supposedly don't want to go. Um, I personally am somebody that is very happy with the team that was chosen because all these guys clearly want to go. I would think, again, as a team manager, that, that makes you happy that you have a guy that wants to do that, but then you now have all this pressure of, okay, let's get everything together. Let's The funds, the, the travel, um, it's, it's a big, big process for Star Yamaha. No, that's the thing is, I mean, obviously we want to be a part of it. We want to do it, support our country and everything like that and support Justin's dreams. And that's our job. But at the same time, yeah, it, it's a lot of work. You know, we, we were back in the race shop on Monday morning, like, you know, where normally you would take probably a day or two to, you know, relax. And even if you went into work, it would be pretty chill and tidy up some things and, you know, whatever, do a little bit of emails here and there and check in and make sure everybody's got a plan in the next couple of weeks. But like I said, that whole our whole crew was in the shop Monday morning early, and uh, even the, the truck driver. You know, they they busted he busted his ass to get back and make sure um, with him with another driver they got the truck back on time legally <laughs> and everything <laughs> like that. So, right. so we could do all this stuff. We had two drivers, you know, to get it, to get our semi drive back in time. So yeah, just little things like that that I think get overlooked. And even when I was a rider, I didn't you know necessarily realize what maybe you know I never got picked for nations, but I'm saying like maybe what you decide to do. It puts a different load on the crew on top of what we normally do. So, right. Yeah. Um, but it's it's yeah. Like I said, we're we're proud to do it. We're happy to do it. But yeah, it is. Uh, you know, everyone talks about off season, but I don't don't know that we have one. Yeah, even without MX of Nations, there's not much of an off season. So, yeah, these guys yeah. are always yeah. It's there's a lot going on that people don't know about. 
uh, excuse me, especially like the mechanics and the truck drivers. Um, BTL Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, all proud sponsors of the Pulp Mech Show, the wrap-up show, and Race Tech Suspension Engines, of course. Big, big sponsor, longtime sponsor, the Race Tech Rant. Steve, uh, not happy with uh, Pro Circuit trying to blow up a bike. We've heard him talk about this many, many times. Will, you talked about it a little bit on the show. Uh, but Forkner's Temp, what do you think about them trying to just, for 20 minutes, blow up your one of your teammates' bikes? I mean, I feel like that's got to get annoying, like Steve was saying. I'm not there. I'm not in the moment. It's probably super exciting. Everyone there that was a part probably wants to twist that throttle, but... <laughs> A burnout's cool. Mitch hopping on there is cool. A little rev rev yeah. is cool, but dang, that thing was going for a long time. I, I'm on board with Steve on this one. I think he's right about this one. Uh, listening to the post-race interviews, I was getting sick of hearing that bike revving in the background. Um, TJ, did you listen to the post-race interviews? I did not, know. <sighs> You're not much of a Pulp fan. You, well, hey, hold on. You know on. what? Let me hold mute on. your I was, I, I'm about to mute your I mic. was over there talking to Will. At the end of Supercross, when Ferrandis and then one, yeah, and, after Chase, yeah, 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 and Chase and Ferrandis, yep, yeah, and so um, the, I didn't hear them blowing bikes up and doing all that. So I'm just saying, I am impressed with the damn thing that it wouldn't blow up. And somebody on Twitter made a comment that they finally they had the, they sent it to eleven ten mods so they could blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a pretty good response on Twitter. Brutal. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> All right. How about the uh, comparison of the Kentucky Derby and shooting the horse, TJ? Um, Steve, very exaggerated, but okay. I, I mean, that's how he feels. So what do you say? I mean, it, and this is not the first time he said that. Typical so. Steve, though. Yeah. A, a, over, a little bit overboard. Like, yeah. Like yeah. killing an ant with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Forkner's Temp, uh, do you see the comparison? Uh, it's brutal, but yeah, I can kind of see the comparison. I mean, you did, <laughs> the bike did so good for you, and you're like, ah, oh, we're going to grenade her, right? Yeah. All right, so um, shortly after this, Will calls in. I called in while Will was on the phone. Um, thankfully, we're, we're scheduling a time where I can go race ride the Star Racing 250. Steve Mathis <laughs> is not going to get to ride it. Sorry, Steve. Um, we're, I was kind of – I asked a question about um, – Steve always saying that, hey, let's do something different from MX of Nations. Let's get Zach to ride a 250. Let's get Barca to ride a 250. Um, I feel like a guy that's been riding the 250 all year is probably more um, on point on a 250 than moving a guy down. But Fortner's Temp, what do you think? Am I wrong or, you know, who's right, Steve or myself? I mean, it's a tough call because I don't think I Keep in mind, I could kick down. you off the show right now. <laughs> I don't know, I'll be good with you, but it, I don't know, it's tough. I mean, clippy, it, clippy. you think a cool 250 ride, you think of Barsha, right? But that is true. Said Barsha, Barsha on a 250 in the sand track, we might have to put him on AC's bike because otherwise he might blow it up halfway through the moto. <laughs> Are you saying that Will's star racing bike would blow up easier? Oh, I mean, I'm not saying that because Will's on the line. But, yeah, you better not yeah, say oh. we, have, we have proof on the on the AC bike right now. All right. I, I don't know. Will, how do you feel about that? I mean, <clears throat> I think it's always hard to step back down on a bike. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to say. Like, obviously, Justin's a great 250 rider. He's a great 450 rider. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think that that's going to be, like, you know, just a problem solver or anything like that. I think Justin's capable of going over there and holding his own. I think you're right. I think Justin's going to do well. Uh, I honestly feel like I don't think we could realistically win without some crazy things happening, but I definitely think we're capable of podium, podium, podiuming, podiuming. Um, and I think Justin is very well suited. You know, he had some ups this year and he had some downs this year, but I think MX of nations is a totally different. Clearly it's a different race. It's a totally different event. Guys elevate themselves, and I expect really, really good things from ourselves this year. I think we're going to uh, turn around what happened last year. Um, before we wrap this thing up, we've got a few more things to talk about. Um, X-Brand tear-offs. Mark said that he would not send his wife Courtney to dinner with myself or Gringo. Not happy about that. Um, just wanted to say, uh, Will, have you ever met Courtney? Did you get a chance to meet her at any of the events or at the house at Steve's place? I have not. Okay, she's a pretty cool chick. Um, just so you know, Marks, I, she'd be safe. Uh, I wouldn't send her with TJ because TJ's an idiot. But what are you talking about? We go to McDonald's and hang out, and 
Right. I, I don't think she has to worry about nobody has to worry about me stealing their woman as cheap as I am. That is true. That is true. Um, so yeah, that that was my favorite X brand tear off of the night. I had a caller's rant that. Um, he said, don't know what I have to do to get a good fantasy score. Um, Fortner's Temp, do you play fantasy? Unfortunately, yes. And Will, you play, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm on board with this guy. No matter who I pick, it's generally bad. Does not matter. Uh, this guy said, and he started screaming at the end, I listen to every podcast. I think about their training, had all these points. He's screaming. Um, he very well solidified my feelings every single week about how I feel about fantasy. It sucks. Um, yeah. So Fortner's temp, how does your, how does your fantasy typically go? Uh, well, not going to lie. Supercross went horribly and I tried as hard as I could. And then when it came to outdoor season, I was just making picks after practice and honestly not paying much attention. And I, kind of looked it up two rounds left and I was top 40 so I don't know if the strategy is don't try so hard or what but um yeah I don't, yeah. I don't know the reason, I'm not gonna lie the experts aren't the biggest experts either if you listen to the, the fantasy pod so I don't know what to do for you there I don't either Will I mean are you any good at fantasy does it ruin your Saturday uh, I, I, yes it does <laughs> it definitely ruins my Saturday um it's funny because a couple of Supercross runs I actually did pretty good. Yeah. And then um, I think I even made money at one of them, which is oh, nice. Nice, nice change of pace. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I started listening to, like, the review part of the, uh, I guess, the fantasy pod fantasy and pod, stuff yeah. like that. And, and then I just I just went to shit from there. <laughs> and I like, started listening to them. And I'm like, then I'm second-guessing on the weekend because yep. I'm like, oh, they said this guy. And then I yep. put him in, and I, I was like, you know what? You just got to – and I started going back to how I normally did it towards the end of the outdoors, and I started getting better again. Was right. I good? No, but I got better. I, you know, and they talked about – so this guy, Cook, uh, he won two years in a row. And I think uh, Dune Goon said it's proof. It's it's scientific. It's – uh. You know, it, it takes skill, but I don't. I don't believe that for a second. Although we have a buddy, me and TJ have a buddy, JT, who does well every week. But I don't see. I just don't see it being a game of skill because you could pick the most reliable guys every week, and as soon as you pick them, you know they they blow up a bike or or something crazy happens. It's just. It's. I don't know. It drives me insane. TJ, we're in a couple of fantasy leagues together. You actually did have a good week at some point during the year, but for the most part, you suck at it too. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I've tried not caring. I've tried trying hard. It's terrible on all of them. But I do have to say that I can't quit playing. I'm just like, right. I'm like a crackhead. And I'm sure everybody on the line is the same way. It's like it ruins your weekend, and you're like, done, I'm done. I'm not playing. And then next week, you're like, well, I better pick Can't wait team. to get my picks in. Yeah. I'm going to win this week. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go around around the, the quote-unquote room. TJ, should fantasy go away? So uh, we- I, right, I mean, I want to say no because I look at how bad I did, but I can't not play. So, no, it can't go away. It did, JT and them just need to quit being so good about their handicaps. Right. Will... Should fantasy go away so we could get back to our normal lives or keep it going until we completely lose our minds? No, don't go away. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I think everybody's going to be on board with that. Forkner's temp. Yeah, I agree with Will. I, I can't have it go away, and I can't stop playing it. Right on. Okay, so a couple more things. Um, Steve, of course, uh, during the rant, he talks about, I don't want to be Mr. No Fun. That should be a sound drop. Hopefully, I, I kind of put together a little something to send it over to Travis Mark. So hopefully that will be a drop from now on, because um, he can be Steve can be Mister No Fun. Uh, I think he's that's actually a pretty good uh, nickname for him. But BTO tweets tweets at Travis. A couple things I want to touch on: Will AC win a 450 Supercross? Uh, we talked about that, so I'm gonna skip that. Sorry. Um, how about DB using um, a pro taper or a mica? Pat bar pad on pro taper bars. Uh, Will, man, you you have all kinds of sponsors. You've had lots of sponsors as a racer. You have sponsors as a team. Um, have you ever, without maybe giving anything, any details away, have you ever had to do something similar? So, I'm sorry. I didn't understand the question. Okay. Um, sorry. Daniel Blair got called out for he, for running a Mica bar pad, oh, Mica, yeah. Mica Metals bar pad on pro taper bars. Yeah. Yeah, um, 
trying to think back racing uh, on the race team side of things. No, um, I've seen teammates do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that just didn't feel comfortable with whatever bar bin they were trying to run at the time. In the meantime, while the company we were riding for was fixing um, to get the bin right, ah. um, I'm trying to think. Uh, no, no. As far as I've done it, no. I always, you know, um, even when I was younger, even when I didn't get sponsored, we ran the normal bar pad or whatever came with it, you know. Right. Um, but no, I don't think I ever ran opposite well, bar pad of that. I'm sure I wore mismatched gear and stuff like that. Well, I was gonna say just any um, any sponsor maybe where you've had the ch- you know I've heard a lot of rumors and Steve's talked about it about some of the oil companies that sponsor teams, but those teams don't actually run that oil. So I was wondering if any anything similar to that where you got to kind of run a sponsor's logo, but maybe you're not actually using their product. Yeah, yeah, we've, I mean, we've done that. Like, yeah. when I was racing, sure. currently where we're at, no, yeah, we run all Yamaloop. Um, yeah. Just being, that's being completely honest, we run Yamaloop everything. Um, uh, they do a good job for us, but, um, yeah, I've done it on other teams where I, you know, I knew I was pouring in different oil than what we had on the bike. <laughs> Right. Uh, go ahead, TJ. Yeah, I know for a fact my dad was kind of worked his way up kind of high into Valvoline. And so he got to go He got to go to a bunch of the NASCAR races, and he knew some ins and outs. And there's a lot of teams that were in the NASCAR pits running Valvoline, sponsored by other teams. So, right. I mean, that stuff does happen. Yep. Uh, Fortner's Temp. Um, I think Paul Parabinos was the one that called out Daniel Blair, but um, – that, that that's kind of harsh because you know his sponsor Mika Metals may not be happy about that. No, I was actually wondering about that as he was kind of. I feel like he was definitely waffling the whole time. He was he was in trouble and he and he just kind of got a way out of it. So Paul Paul was a savage for calling him out on on the air. Yeah, hey Fortner Step, your phone just got bad all of a sudden. Um, just so you know, I don't know if if you moved or what. But we're about to wrap this thing up. Couple more. Couple more things. So the voicemails he split up into two segments. He did some while they were in studio and discussed them, and then at the end he went out when they went off the air and let some play out, which he did a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't like it personally when he plays out the show and just lets the voicemails run because I like to hear their comments. Um, Will, do you have a preference? Uh, I kind of prefer it all at once. But do you like them on air to actually discuss it, or you just like them going and then no no discussion? Uh, I kind of think no discussion. Okay. I'd rather just hear it. Okay. Um, how about you, Fortner's Temp? Am I wrong? I, kinda, I like I like the discussion. I like them to, to chip in here and there. You know, they can make it a little more funnier and a little more interactive, especially when they ask questions and then nobody answers. I thought that was weird. Right, right. And hey, just by the way, your phone's still a little bit. Did you move or what's up? Shoot, I didn't move at all, but. Is it better now? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I only got a couple more things, though. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll knock this thing out. Um, so a couple of the voicemails I want to thank guys for for giving some positive vibes on the wrap up show. I always appreciate that. Um, somebody said there was too much Canadian MX, which I disagree with. I love the Canadian MX, so please keep that up, Steve. Um, Will, I'm sure I'm sure you and Fortner's Temp both love Canadian. I mean, it's all moto, right? Fortner's Temp. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Will, same thing? Yeah, no. Any I'm, motors? I'm, anything, yeah, anything for me is good. Right. Okay, let's get into these BTO hot takes. Uh, Will Hahn, I'm going to let you go first. <sighs> Man, I'm trying to, I, I couldn't really narrow it down. Okay. Do you have, well, do you have more than one or, or just none? If you have none, that's fine. I don't really have any. I couldn't really, I couldn't do it, man. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, Fortner's Temp? Uh, my hot take is going to be, I'm going to see Mookie on the podium this year. Yeah, I see that as a possibility. I don't know if that's a hot take, man. That's, I think, but I like the, I like. I don't know. I was, it's hard to think. It's hard to think, but I, I just saw Mookie and nobody's been talking about him lately, yeah. so I thought I'd better give him some love. Yeah, he got a little bit, we talked about him a little bit on the on the Pulp Show, or they did, but uh, not not a lot. I think once Supercross gets close, he's going to have, a, there's going to be a lot of discussion on Mookie. TJ, you got a hot take? Man, I mean, really and truly, I've kind of been, thinking a lot about the monster cup and i think we'll have i think eli will win the monster cup again with a million dollars a million again a million again Ooh. that's my hot take all right will um... that's AC pull over yeah i like that uh that that's good um will hahn what do you think about 
the uh, the layout and the multiple starts and the possibility of going backwards in at least one of them. I don't know exactly how they're doing it just yet. I know they're going backwards at least once for the Monster Cup. Um, as a racer, what would you have thought about that? As a team manager, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm curious to see how practice plays out, how they operate going backwards, how, how we do practice with three different layouts. Yeah. Um, kind of all the above. I mean, it's exciting. It's cool to race three layouts on one night. Um, one you could struggle on, one you could be really good on. Sure. You know, vice versa. Um, I think it's exciting. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of glad I'm not racing. Right. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. And Steve always says, hey, try something different. Try something, anything. They are trying. I made a joke, I think, on our show that it would be kind of funny as in just joking exaggeration if they didn't tell the guys on the main start which way they were going until they dropped the gate. Just have somebody there with an arrow, left or right, and that would be like a last-minute decision. Um, that would be entertaining for me, but anyway, that would, that'll never happen. I guess that was stupid, right? Was that stupid? That's stupid. Yeah, yeah pretty dumb. <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap these sponsors up one more time, and then we're going to end the show Michelin star cross fives, but everybody stay tuned for hello Pookie. We got another episode of that tonight. And if you want to get your questions in for Pookie Mathis to answer, you have to email them to dark side at pulp MX. Uh, I've gotten a bunch, but I'd like to get a lot more cause she's, she is uh, excited about answering all these questions. Hey, you got something. If they continue to play the, the, what do you call it? The voicemails at the end of the show mm-hmm. at the ones that he doesn't comment on yeah then uh maybe you should we can cover, talk about them we can cover a couple of them if if any of them are any good not a bad idea tj maxima oils x-brand goggles pro filter works connection atlas brace fmf racing w wheels roost graphics guts racing get data firepower batteries and chains evs sports eagle grit hand cleaner motorcycle industry jobs.com la honda world.com OGO Bags and Ride Engineering, all the fantastic sponsors of the Pulp and Mech Show. Will Hahn, Forkner's Temp, TJ Smith, thank you everybody for joining us, helping out. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on board to do the show tonight. I think it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys had some fun, but that's a wrap. Thank you. We're back with another episode of Hello Pookie, and on the line, of course, is our queen of all moto media, Pookie Mathis. What's up, Pookie? Hello, hello. Hey, bro. How you doing? Doing good. So I'm going to, we we talked on a previous episode about you being a fan of Howard Stern. So I would like to ask you, this is my question, is who's your favorite Howard Stern whack packer? (laughs) All all time. All time. Eric the actor. Ack, ack, of course. Yes. Um, Oh. Yeah, my favorite. I met him at the Hard Rock here in Vegas. Really? Um, yeah, probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. It was at one of Shuley's um, comedy shows, and I came out, and I, he was, yeah, it was just, I took a picture with him at the Circle Bar. I just told him that it was highlight of my life to meet him. <laughs> I don't even know, like, what else happened. I just, it was awesome. Yeah, the best. So my favorite bit or whatever that I remember, I, I still have to go with Eric the Midget. I'm sorry. it's That's who he was. Uh, even if it is politically incorrect, but Eric, the actress, right, but if you Howard guys don't, yeah, if you don't know, it's the same person. If you don't listen to Stern, but the, the times when he would be on the line and, um, they would play like Eric, the, the asshole, and he would get mad and start screaming. That's not my name. And, oh God, Eric, the stupid idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I would be. Like I, I used to, I was a truck driver basically, and I, I did it out of a pickup, but I would have to literally pull over and I would have tears running down my eyes and not be able to breathe from that, those segments. And, uh, I can remember that Artie too, Lang. I'm hearing all those. Yes. With Artie, I feel like the show was more belly laugh when yep. Artie was there. Not at the end, obviously, but yeah, for sure. I don't really laugh too much at the show anymore although i still do really love it yeah i got to get back into listening to it i kind of talked to you about it we was asking you about the the serious app mm-hmm. and i kind of dropped it when i stopped being in the vehicle so much i just what don't have time and i listen to so many podcasts now but i, I gotta right. get i gotta get back into some stern because i do miss howard and fred and you know of course robin it's great but um and how many years have you been listening to stern 
Oh, man. Um, I've been listening to Howard since probably 2001. Nice. I can remember listening to the 9-11 show. Okay. So, yeah, back then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, now. Yeah, totally. That's where Hello, Hello comes from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. All right. Well, that, that, was, uh, that was my question. So once again, Pookie, thank you for a few minutes of your day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Sit and me.